Last week, I learned that I have hooded eyes. I have been trying to sporadically learn how to do makeup since, I don't know, 10 years, maybe? Give or take, I was late to the game, never really had any interest in being feminine until I was well into my 20s, and then I thought I should give it a try. Now I'm like, why, why is color and decoration, why is that feminine, right? Anyhow, I've always followed tutorials, and I recall being a young child and flipping through a cosmopolitan in the bathroom, and it would say, what is your face shape? And you'd stare at your face, and you kind of try to figure out the points on your face and whatever. Um, and the same thing with your eye shape, you know? So you'd be like, maybe you're making your, your wee-me me or whatever <laughs> you're making a an avatar version of yourself and it turns out that if you have hooded eyelids and well to take a step back if you think you're bad at eye makeup because tutorials aren't working for you flag that in your brain right because it's it's not a moral assessment of the value and worthiness of how you grew when a video doesn't work for you that is made by someone else. And maybe they don't have that level of awareness to describe who their video is for. Or even if they do, if you don't have the language for yourself, then you don't realize what part of their advice to take, which video of theirs to watch. So anyway, there were videos on YouTube, which is where I've learned anything about anything that you would maybe qualify as feminine that co could cost more than $3. I'm going to go ahead and say I've learned about that from YouTube. And I was watching someone do eye makeup the other day and literally last week, right? And she basically showed how she was doing it. And she's like, okay, how do you how do you do your eyes? Like how do you hold your face when you're doing your makeup? My tendency is to do this and kind of like so I can see and I can kind of get everything blended well and think like if it were a painting, I would want the painting to be as flat and stretched taut, you know? So that's always been my move. Lift it up, even like if I'm doing my concealer, I like do that, lean back and try to help like prevent the, oh man, that looked like Katy Perry. Let's see if I can do it slower. It's hard to do. Also, did you see how my eye wanders? My eyes get really mad when you try to use them one at a time. And part. So anyway, she advised, especially the part that will screw you up, it's like anytime you have dark eyeliner, anything that's wet or uh, could smear. So a powder, like a powdered eye eyeshadow might kind of stay put, but anything that might like create a stamp if you squinch, squinch, is that a word? If you do that, right? I had taken the strategy of avoiding 
like moving my eyes until they were dry. And I will still sometimes go and sit in front of a fan for a few minutes just to get some like reassurance <laughs> that it's dry. Because if I mess it up and I wipe it off, it could be weeks before I care enough to try it again. It could be tomorrow, but not a high likelihood that I will get right back in there and do it again. So this has kind of changed changed the game and made eye makeup a lot easier, specifically like a bold eyeliner. And it's probably millions of people already know this, but what you do is when you're doing your eyeliner, you want to make sure when you're drawing, especially this very outer point, because the rest of it follows the top of your eyeline typically, but this, the wing, the actual wing itself, you want to have relaxed eyebrows when you draw the wing. Now, can you see like that? No, barely, you know, you can kind of see through your eyelashes a little bit. Um, but what you can do is like if you get it stamped in the right position, then you can open your eye. You can kind of like basically try to connect it naturally to where if you were to like start lining the rest of your eyelid, wherever that would be. And one thing that I'm really feeling is it creates, it takes the wing up higher, right? And it brings the eyeliner out of the line of fire of any tearing that I might have because I have allergies. I tend to have very reactive eyes, walk outside, pollen or whatever hits hits my face just in the air. And it's a really normal thing for, you know, to have, I think you could even kind of see a little bit, like sometimes like I get like little, little teardrips, try as I may. And this way, the first tear doesn't immediately ruin the whole thing because there is this little bit of space here and then also I think it it kind of has a sort of a lifted lifting effect when compared to something about like the absurd so something feels kind of absurd now if I take advice that I've seen before which is starting at your outside corner to make your wing and like point it at the the end of your eyebrow like like a straight line and uh let me do it on this side like if I do a straight line to this eyebrow like it's a you know almost like a 45 or more degree 60 degree angle from my eyelid like what it doesn't make sense now that I've had it explained to me by someone who is more observant of their body than I have ever been but this is really cool. I, I'm enjoying it. I've had this on for over an hour. It hasn't ran yet. And I have done my makeup, I think, every day for the last week as part of my getting ready ritual, which is highly unusual. However, and I have not been 100% successful, I'm seeing it as an attempt at a forcing function to make sure that I wash my face at night. I feel best if I wash my face at night. I also enjoy a good, oh, I'm asleep, oops, kind of moment where it's like procrastinating bedtime and then having poor habits around 
acknowledging that I'm relaxing and now I will try to go to bed and just sort of like melting into sleep. And it's important that I wash my face at night before I melt. And uh, I think that that really constitutes my first goal for the year. Wash my face at night. It is typical for me to have a combination of goals that to an outsider is comical, potentially, because from outside perspectives and outside perception can sort of cast you into a folder of they are smart or dumb, they are capable of a lot of complexity, they have a lot of whatever type of intelligence that you've observed, right? And it's easy to assume that someone who is good at math will also be good at drinking enough water in a single day. And that is not always the case. We don't all have the same compulsions, but also habits that sound like alarms inside of ourselves. We are not all very, we are not all equally connected to time as an element that exists, how do you say? So yes, there there is measurement. There There's an analytical way to go about it, right? And that's, we have time. But the purpose of time is for us to have consensus. I'm sure if you sat, musicians are pretty good at this, but if you sit down and you say, okay, how long is a second, right? Um, if you know, you're kind of like one and two and three and four, like that kind of a deal. Okay. You've learned that though, right? Like if you were, if you believed and practiced that a second was one and two and three and four, one and two and three and four, then that would be how long a second is, right? Um, there are intervals between Things. There's intervals between when the sun rises and sets and all those things, not disputing anything scientific. I think what I mean is that the experience of time does not always in practice feel scientific. I don't, I don't think that that is a controversial take, but curious what you think. Um, I think that we all have moments where time seems to move faster or slower and it varies between people the level of comfort with acknowledging that experience and quickly dismissing it because an hour is 
equal to x. And these are the quantity of things that one should accomplish in a productive hour and so on. It connects to a lot of other compulsions slash habits that are, that are useful. They're driving forces for keeping your momentum at whatever you're learning, growing, doing, making happen. And at the same time, what I did there. I didn't, I didn't mean to be a cheese ball. At the same time, the experience of time has its own validity to each person. There's an experiential aspect, there's a consensus aspect to what times you should be doing certain things. There are cultural influences. And then there's also a sense of, there can be, senses of shame and guilt when more time passes than you intend and less has been accomplished. And there can be feelings of accomplishment if less time has passed and more has been completed. And... Anecdotally, it does seem like the observation of time contributes to one's perception of time, meaning that if you are really, it's the watched pot never boils kind of thought, but yeah, it's really interesting. So I think I would love to know what is your experience of time? And I would challenge you. I'm curious what you think right now. I'm even more interested in knowing if you set out for a day or three days, whatever interval makes sense to you, and ob observe, right? Like you can, you can jot it down, however you observe and however you take note of of your observations in your life to observe through the lens of your active relationship with time, what's easy, what's hard, how time feels. When does your relationship with time in conjunction with your behaviors, habits, compulsions cause you to feel achievement and joy and increase your ability to be able to relax. And when is the opposite true? And if there are periods where time seems to move particularly fast or particularly slow, dig into that and try to understand some of your motivations or some of the variables at play that are at once creating the situation for your experience to rise out of and try to pinpoint that tiny little spark. You could call it free will. You could call it consciousness. You can call it whatever you want. The part, that, that is you, right? Like that grain of rice in the silo that has decision-making faculties. What part is you? 
right? Like where where is the randomness, the novelty? Where is, if you were creating a program or anything that kind of operates from a logical place, it would be a yes, no, it would be an, an on, it would be a decision, right? You are the point of decision. And what decisions are you making? And I think, I think I want to start there. I'm going to do this too. I'm going to think about my relationship with time. We will observe ourselves and then come back in no more than a week to share if you are so inclined. That's what's on my mind this morning. Hi, mom boy. I love you, babies. Take care of you. If you're hungry, bring your trash bag, hit the pantry. It's going to be okay. Bye.